riffs. Dated for riffs. Further north, steep mountains rise to the skies. Oahu is the result of two volcanoes, the Waianae and the Koalu, which extend through the island from north to south. With almost 360,000 inhabitants, Honolulu is a small metropolis. Yo, 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 motherfucker, yo. Yo, 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 motherfucker, yo. Rick. Och sen, 3, 2, 1. Där. Gitarr också. Jag hittar på något intro. Ja, men gör det. All right. Uh, då kör jag ändå det här, tror jag. Okay guys, welcome to Gain It For Riffs, yet another week spent riffing. Yeah. Uh, how are you, Jonathan, in our uh, back being back on Earth for a couple of episodes? Are you feeling grounded? Feeling pretty grounded, uh, like uh, kind of back into it. I've, we have had this Super Mario World set up lately, we've gone from world to world, right? And uh, yeah. Keeps it fresh, keeps it interesting. Uh, I'm not sure where we are today. I had this idea of a Hawaii island after last week's Hawaii oh, yeah. volcano eruption, but we'll see. Uh, depends. Depends on other powers, I guess. How's Amsterdam? Mm, 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 is it okay? Mm. Uh, yeah, Amsterdam is good. I just finished all my renovation and we finally moved everything out, so that's over and done with. Left the old keys uh, for the old apartment, and uh, we don't have to pay rent for that anymore, which is great. Yeah. Uh, feeling back in business, but more busy than ever, uh, as always. But, dear listener, I'm hoping that this will be a um, bit of a renewed energy input on my actual guitar playing. Even though I kind of faked it pretty good uh, during this uh, yeah. renovation period, I was... Uh, <laughs> I kind of had like, you know, uh, maximum one day of rehearsing, which, you know, uh, that was all I did for Captain Beyond and then like zero day for other uh, projects that we had. But uh, now I'm uh, going to dedicate at least half a day or maybe one day, one whole day, maybe two days, you know, instead of one hour here and there to just improve my guitar playing. I'm very excited about that. That's really cool. I think I spend either one hour or eight to ten hours you know it's either or i don't really have a, a, a in between but when i do one hour it, i do it very uh, let's say very goal oriented so i really try to get the riff in i memorize the riff and then i play around with it and that is if yeah. i have something to talk about which usually is the case it's very rarely that i have to research that but if i have to i'll watch a documentary and that'll take two hours two and a half with some pauses and stuff so i mean there's it's not a shit ton of preparations to do, but uh, I think first, first and foremost, it's the mental preparation really to like, kind first of and first and foremost get into that kind of framework or headspace. I would say, uh, yeah. Like, which angle do I want to do on this? And that can be dealt with <laughs> on a walk. So that's how I do it. Yeah, I saw that you've been walking a lot in. Uh, oh yeah, every day, every day. Yeah, it's beautiful in Stockholm. Now. It's so so nice. It's a winter fairy tale mm. for sure. It's it's great. I love it. Yeah, 
here it was more like I went biking, had a meeting this morning at nine. Uh, I set that time for some goddamn reason. <laughs> and I woke up at eight. Okay, I have to bike 30 minutes. Okay, let, let's get going. And it was had been frost during the night. So everything was super slippery on this uh, cobblest- cobblestone streets or brick street. And people were just lying left and right. I was biking through and everyone was like, Rustach, Rustach, take it easy. I was like, no, no, I have, uh, don't have time. <laughs> I was going to jump the curb to get over uh, what was a green light. And then, I mean, my back wheel was uh, like one meter to the left. And I <laughs> tried to lean to get back on it. And it was about one meter to the right. And someone screamed, oh, no. But I got back on my uh, pedals. And I just kept on pedaling like uh, my my fist going like, you know, halfway. Uh, like Super Mario. Like, <laughs> yeah. Maybe headbanging. A couple of headbangs. Uh, a couple of headbangs, you know. There's a great uh, short video or GIF from, I think it's from California, with this guy just insanely headbanging. And he has this whole complete, <laughs> uh, like, ca- Southern California or maybe even Northern California. Anyway, Californian thrash outfit, you know, high-top sneakers, yeah. uh, sawed-off jeans, shorts, nice. and curly hair. And he's just <laughs> headbanging like crazy. And the commentary from the car filming is like, is he on drugs? He must be on drugs. <laughs> he's on drugs for sure. But I'm not sure, man. It could be just, you know, the joy of headbanging to some good old metal. Yeah. Possibly thrash metal. (laughs) I miss these uh, positive notions of uh, the United States. It's been so much negativity lately, and I'm hoping uh, we're going towards a more sunny disposition. Of course, there's a lot going on still, but I mean... You know what I mean. I want to see yeah. this uh, trash metallers doing their thing, being happy about it. No worry too much about what people say, and just do it. I was very inspired. I saw just a short trailer for a program called um, uh, "How to" with John Wilson, where it's really just him doing a nature documentary. But the documentary is not about nature; it's about uh, New York City, and it's just like weirdos, you know. Weirdo after weirdo. But the thing is, everyone looks very happy. And I like that. Yeah. Um, I also like uh, All Gas and No Breaks, this uh, guy <laughs> on YouTube uh, interviewing the weirdest people. It, it's it's nice. I mean, everyone's not so nice, but uh, <laughs> yeah, he still like has, a, kind of he has a good way of doing it. Like uh, his portraits kind of, you know, when, when the yeah, people are weird exactly. enough, it's kind of portraits. And I, I love that, both in songs and in, in, I mean, mass media or whatever you want to call it. And I think, I mean, I always say about the States that, all things aside, it's a magical country. And I mm. do believe so. There's something magical about it, really. So, I mean, I never, I guess no one really loses interest, hey? Because everyone yeah. in Sweden are way too into the elections and stuff. It's, it's at a mm. point of being almost ridiculous because we have our own shit to worry about, really. But I think it's just, you keep looking towards the States. It's something magical about it, I think. Yeah, but it's like to say, like everything that happens in the United States, it takes twenty years and then it's in Sweden. Is it true? Now, still, I, I would argue. I would argue it goes even faster. But yeah. let's not become a political podcast. No, we stay on a on a decent level, I think, with politics, light and ah. easy. Yeah, just commentary. You know. I mean, we can do some poli- uh, political bands here and there, like sure. uh, Ratum, yeah, and uh, other stuff like this. Um, but I think we're uh, going from the political to the riftastical with Ooh. some uh, motherfucking riffage from uh, yours truly. Or why don't you start today? 
Uh, yeah, I, I could start. I was aiming for you to start. Uh, but mm. uh, hey, I'm always flexible. Oh. What do you think? Should I start? Uh, well, okay. Do it. Do it. Right, I'm ready. Right. First, Rage Against the Machine, just because you mentioned them. Not the riff, but it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. A classic riff. Rage Against Machine is a completely different gang from a different part of the world. So let's see if you can recognize this riff. I have a couple of spares if you wouldn't. Some kind of mega riffage going on here. Uh, I'm stumped, man. What what do we listen to? Do you have some more? Yeah. Some more examples. I have one that is uh, still not obvious. It was smoking. It was smoking. Yeah, it's cool stuff. And then I have one really obvious, but I'll do the semi-obvious then. I want to hear the last one. This is so yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, all right. The last one, then it will be easier. Exactly. So now you know the <laughs> band, right? Following my MO as well, you know. Yeah, it's German. <laughs> again. Yeah, it's German again. <laughs> you know, I had some other stuff on the list, but I had to go for Germany again. Hannover, Scorpions. That's where yeah, I Scorpions. That's yeah. what it was. But I wanted to introduce nice. that other side of the band to you a little bit with those yeah. first couple of riffs, because at that time they had this uh, astonishing guitarist, uh, Uli, Uli Jon Roth. He mm. had the impossible mission of like climbing in after Child, Prodigy, Mozart, Michael Schenker. Mm. Because Michael Schenker, he pissed off the UK to do his own thing with UFO. And, uh, you know, Rudolf Schenker, not a great guitarist. He wanted to be a hairdresser. <laughs> he's a good band manager. He's a good businessman, you know, German businessman. But they managed to find this guy, Ulion Roth, very kind of psychedelic-inspired, Hendrix-inspired. So I, pu- I picked up my Strat again today as well, just for mm. the right tone. And yeah, I've been missing the Strat a little bit. So uh, the first song you heard was um, Sales of Charon. 
from uh, Taken by Force. And then it was uh, <laughs> Will Burn the Sky from the same weirdly titled album, Taken by Force. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> and the, the latter Taken is like a Will, Burn the Sky. Will Burn the Sky is a tribute to Jimi Hendrix, uh, mm. written together with Jimi Hendrix's ex, who was then his girlfriend. When is when is this uh, when is this in uh, in in time actually? Taken by Force is released in uh, actually quite early for what you hear on this on this uh, like within these riffs. Uh, it's from let me double check so I'm not mistaken here. It's from seventy seven. You know, pretty okay, early, but not dead early. I mean, I mean, no, I mean, I mean, I would I would say like seventy one that would have been early, but yeah. seventy seven I think rock is almost like uh, you know rock is almost over in a way because be- exactly. but but it restarts you know but but the, like the rock of the seventies is yeah. kind of over. It catches up to uh, Germany. Totally generalizing here, of course, but uh, I was listening to uh, no no I was reading like this article about nineteen seventy one. Um, every week there was a classic album released, mm-hmm. uh, you know, sometimes like several, uh, and they, they, you know, it was, must have been obvious that they were classics. It was really good music and really like new, new type of music. And we spoke about this, that Captain Beyond might have been, you know, even like one year too late, you know, exactly. because everything really exploded in 1971 with uh, Led Zeppelin for, um, yeah, for sure. Oh my, so, so much, so much stuff, you know. Exploded that's, uh, with everything, you know, Isaac, from, from every angle, you know, kind of. Marvin Gaye and, uh, yeah, but you know, you know, like 1977, you know, like a disco is already on its way, exactly. you know, or it's already there. And you can kind of um, hear a little bit of disco in the um, uh, Will Burn the Sky track, you know, in this main riff. Mm-hmm. That I, I love this riff. I think it's one of their better, this one. <laughs> Finger pointing to the bot- bottom, finger pointing to the sky. Disco Stew likes disco music, you know. Yeah, but it's also like kiss, kiss. There's a lot of kiss, kiss. in this uh, sure. kiss. Uh, there's a lot of that going on for sure. It's yeah. nice. Uh, but tell me more about Scorpions because uh, I, yeah. aside from like the this uh, falling out with or the the you, the, the the Michael Schenker being taken by force to make all these cool <laughs> songs and then yeah. kind of uh, tricked, you know, by his own brother, right. the, the band, you know, like th- this stuff this is interesting. Yeah, I think you come in from an inst- interesting angle at once there with like 77, how, how fresh is it really? And that's kind of where I wanted to land in, in the topic of this episode. But um, first off, I'm going to play that riff, the, the main one uh, from yeah. Sales of Caron, because, you know, it's a cool riff. Especially that shredding bit, which I'm kind of yeah. ha- half-assing a little bit because I can't play it. It's really like kind of ahead of its time. 
because it brings this Yngwie Malmsteen. Yeah, I was thinking about uh, Yes, though. I mean, uh, right, that yeah. was really, uh, you know, um, is it uh, in Roundabout or uh, Close to the Edge, or one of those? Uh, uh, no, what is it called? The, the blah, 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 uh, Runner, ah, you know. Uh, one of these songs that have this uh, has this shreddy part also. Yeah. It's really... But it might be, you know, like, dear listener, I'm hearing we're, we're using this... Uh, we're talking. We're talking on the phone. So some notes are a bit, like, blown out or kind of uh, go into each other sometimes. Especially when Jonathan is soloing. Like, when I listen back to the episodes, it sounds fucking amazing, and it does now. But it's, it's sometimes hard to hear what's going on. Sure. Like, that's why sometimes it's hard even to guess uh, if it's not like super obvious uh, yeah. which band, which song it is. Uh, so so actually, this was really hard. I actually prepared a clip of the original solo uh, just just in case because mm. one, I don't really nail it and two, what you just said. So, uh, I mean, I, I came up with a version where I kind of get away with it, like a cover band context, but uh, yeah, it, it sounds, sounds like fine. this in, in, in the beginning of the song. <laughs> it's a it's really strange music i must yeah. say with this uh with with the uh, with the drum parts but that riff uh, kind of reminds me of the master on the way you know when they go for the um, sure uh, this one um something like that right <laughs> and uh, i think yeah true. What, what kind of strikes me still is this guitarist kind of he, he's surpassing richie blackmore but after richie blackmore so still mm. you know 77 is a big difference to 1970 richie going wild sure. in child in time for example so yeah. i mean with the years in between and being the 70s you know it's kind of still way after but I still think it's a like, pretty strong input there. And it reminds me of like shredding prog metal bands when it goes into all those diminished, you know. And then uh, all that kind of shit, you know. It's, <laughs> it, it, he goes somewhere, you know. Interesting. Yeah, I mean... It is interesting. I mean, it, it's funny that, uh, you know, like maybe dream theaters listen more to Scorpion than Black Sabbath or like this type. Yeah. Like, it, it feels like, okay, this is totally 
out of left field. Like the some bands, they just pick up on the strange stuff, like the really offbeat uh, type of music that you yeah. know not, not, no one really likes, but they like it. And they're like, yeah, yeah, let's build like a whole uh, career out of this strange uh, shredding and strange diminished chords and stuff. Yeah. Um, interesting and i mean i like i think i like to do that kind of thing you know it's kind of like uh, digging in the in the weirdo box from for yeah sure uh, i always kind of liked c- coming in from that angle you know because what's already cool it is good i'm not saying that what is big is not good but it's big now you know getting back to mm. captain beyond and the criticism from popoff it's it was it's big now so what's next mm. what would those yeah. bands have been thinking two three years back when something else was big and they were honing their shit, maybe they were mm. in the weirdo box looking for inspiration, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, you know, they think you can generalize, uh, you know, trying to come up with which genre this is and so on, but I always felt they were, in, you know, I mean, they were more of a rock band than this, uh, like a yeah. metal band or a prog rock, but I mean, now I'm a bit stumped, you know, like this kind of proves they have uh, some uh, artistic depth let's yeah. say i'm uh, impressed and on the very first album uh, lonesome crow where they said where they have this super young um, version of michael schenker they're almost like uh, you know more black sabbath desert rock type vibe okay so i'll play a super short clip here from i'm going mad opening track different style right oh yeah but that that's that's more uh the british influence uh, right jeff beck and eric clapton and uh yeah, it's a totally different vibe uh but i i it, i mean early like pre pre keyboard um uh Kraftwerk also had this stuff going on and, right uh, yeah and then like, scorpions and Sim- themselves refer to this as their kraut rock years you know this is yeah. from 1972 so this is mm. early, you know. This is the year of Definitely. Captain Beyond self-title. The year of Volume 4. Noi, uh, no, that's that later. Uh, Can and uh, Amondyle 2 and stuff like this. Yeah. Amondyle 2. Um, mm, interesting, interesting. So what, what happened there in between? Was there a couple of albums of this kind of stuff? or You could say so. This Lonesome Crow, 72, and then uh, Fly to the Rainbow with an extremely ugly cover battling you know maybe you should even google fly to the rainbow <laughs> will, it's, it's battling totally. metal magic and projects in the night super <laughs> weird weirdly ugly as well it could be the same artist for all i know uh, yeah now i'm just uh, uh <laughs> I, I just googled scorpion rainbow and that was uh <laughs> oh yeah Vlad, wow 
right? That's what is that's it? That's pretty even? cool. That's pretty. That's pretty out there. Yeah. Wow. What's what's going on? There's a guy standing on two uh, two propeller planes, sort of. Yeah. Uh, with a welding mask, holding out a flag of scorpions and yeah. Ooh, this look. It reminds me of early uh, Photoshop or uh, this kind of stuff. Maybe. The perspective is, is uh, you're the expert on this kind of stuff, but perspective is somewhat uh, disturbing, isn't it? There's something wrong with the perspective. Yeah, that's one thing, but I think just the pose is really, it's not the pose that anyone <laughs> would draw. It's like really like an in-between pose. I, it was, I've been looking a lot at uh, comic books lately and uh, like the Marvel way of drawing comic books, and that's having a really good wind-up um and this is also applies to animation and like a and and also old like uh, oil painting that you you need a striking pose you can't have this in between it looks like you're sitting down uh to poop in the forest you know that's kind of pose that he has going on um and the hand yeah the one in front of him what's wrong it's wrong I mean, it's, it's asking for a little money, you know. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> with, the yeah. Pen, with the thumb and the, and the and finger, you know, like, yeah, like, hey, give me some money. So yeah, on uh, the album, still Ulyon Roth. I'm not super familiar with it. I do have the original one, Lonesome Crow, I have on vinyl. And very nice German pressing. And then I'm not familiar with Flight to the Rainbow. And then there's In Trance, with kind of a cool cover. Maybe a little bit of that objectifying of women, but they do that all the time anyway, so... I'm so used to that. In trance is pretty yeah. cool. Then we have Virgin Killer, which is you know, terrible concept of an album. You know, yeah, just terrible. But I think it's pretty good. I haven't really given it a proper chance because of the. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm not comfortable with the concept there. <laughs> then we have. They don't. Taken it's by not force. that they mean that. It's not that they mean that uh, you should kill your virginity by you know That's having the thing, sex because there's one <laughs> That's it. there's one sleeve for it which is banned in some parts of the world which ah, is like okay we of, maybe have photo of a have way to go too young that. way too young girl it's a photo of her oh. and then the kind of photo is cracked uh, at at her oh. crotch so yeah that's completely uncomfortable i don't know sometimes with oh, yeah. the germans interesting uh, i hope they're okay in their head uh, maybe if we had a we had a podcast we maybe we we should do like a a podcast uh, time travel when we uh, you know we go back to the 70s maybe and uh, approach stuff out of that uh, that mindset and we're we're less uh, of our day maybe it would be interesting it would just like take stuff at face value and uh, be a bit uh, drink maybe each a six pack of beer and uh, like don't play guitar just listen to pre-recorded yeah <laughs> it could be it's a good idea actually yeah i'll have to note Maybe. that <laughs> yeah, beer after, part i like the beer beer part was good after uh, virgin killer they have taken by force which is an album that i'm focusing on today really good album a lot of interesting stuff on it and then a live thing called tokyo tapes from 78 mm. and then that's the end of the ulion roth era and then they did love drive apparently tightly together with michael Schenker. he helped out a lot but he wasn't properly credited. And that's why he freaked out on, uh, for example, on uh, Fredrik Strage's podcast. Oh, yeah. Hemo Strage. And uh, Love Drive also have, has this slightly debated uh, front cover with a, a guy and a girl in a limousine. And the guy has like 20 gums stuck to his hand, which are in on the other end stuck to her boob. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's not tasteful. Animal magnetism, uh, another terrible cover which alludes to everything <laughs> at once. 
you know, I don't know. They maybe they're just tacky. I don't think they're evil or anything, but some some I, I stuff think- come off come off weird. Dear listener, you can open up our Instagram and look through uh, the post. We we will post that like uh, all all the all the. I mean, if, if Instagram allows it, we'll post their uh, front <laughs> exactly. covers in one big post. Um, yeah. So uh, <laughs> swipe through that if you dare. And uh, yeah, kind of where my where my run ends here uh, on, on this particular episode is with "Rock You Like a Hurricane." And mm. I'm trying to find the the year for that, but I just get okay. Here we go. Uh, 84 love at first 84. sting <laughs> that's rocky like it, it's such uh it's such a 1984 song i mean like uh, it's almost it could be van halen also this yeah like such a simple box-like riff isn't it and so yeah. such a far cry from uli john roth's and michael schenker's kind of uh you know what's the word uh athletic or uh, maybe not even athletic what's the word when you're like in jumpa. Yeah, sure, athletic. But there's another word, acrobatic. <laughs> That's acrobatic. The word. The yeah. Acrobatic <laughs> guitar moves, and then in comes Rudolf, you know. And I saw this interview with him when he told the interview, interviewer uh, how he got to this riff, and he said he just moved into his first rock star mansion, and he plugged in this little speaker, and he played it instantly. <laughs> <laughs> but that's pretty good i like it but i have to I have to try it i never played this riff in my life see if uh it's possible yeah yeah i mean uh, it is a 1984 riff isn't it and yeah i kind of like that story uh, be it true or be it not true you know just kind of him moving in becoming this rock millionaire and then writes the soundtrack mm. to himself being that Maybe putting on sunglasses. I don't know. There is a, a super classic clip of um, it's it's in the World Cup chronicles of 1994, the year Sweden uh, made their f- biggest splash internationally on the football scene, where they won the bronze in uh, the USA in the World Cup, and this uh, program that uh, Swedish television made has become like a, a classic. They show it, you know, like <laughs> quite often on on uh, TV, and it always has huge uh, rates. And yeah. but in this, uh, in the start of the chronicles, they kind of go through the countries where they are, you know, like uh, in in terms of uh, yeah, like is there a good is there, was this year a good team? And they go to Germany, and Germany has on paper. Uh, yeah, they're pretty getting pretty old. They have some really good big stars from the earlier uh, uh, championships, championships. But uh, they uh, they're very German. So, have you seen this clip? Uh, maybe once. You know, I'm not sure if I'm if I recall. No, but they're, they're uh, you have their their star. This um, I forget his name, but he has a mustache. He looks really, and uh, he has a mullet, and he looks like he's from the '80s. He could. He was definitely. In the front row, uh, he was a front row banger at the Scorpions gig, and yeah. <laughs> they're uh, they're drinking beer, and they have Scorpion flown in, Scorpions flown in to entertain them before the first match. <laughs> they are totally hungover, and they don't last that long in the championships. But that, that's a wonderful uh, uh, image and a very uh, crass uh, commentator. Yeah. 
they had passed. Oh, just just like Scorpions, the German team had had uh, passed their best furry datum. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I like that. But uh, I, I, I think at out. that point, uh, Scorpions was over, or am I wrong? Did they Man. have a late bloom? Yeah, they kind of, you know, as any other band, lost themselves a bit in the 90s, and I'm not completely sure of how things went, but I know that uh, the current guitarist, uh, who's been a guitarist for a long time now, Matthias, Matthias Jabs, <laughs> he, uh, mm. he said that there was one album where they lost identity completely. It was the year of 2000, new metal kind of hit. It's called Eye to Eye. A rather new metal <laughs> title too, <laughs> and they're they're wearing this. They've cut their hair short, colored it weird colors, and a bit of makeup. I think so. Yeah, they did lose themselves quite a bit. But uh, such a long career, you know. You know when they started, when the Scorpions were started. Well, I mean, I guess, I guess they they started like uh, 1968. Yeah, it's a good guess. 1965, and I mean. Oof. If, if Black Sabbath is wow. kind of the model for Spinal Tap in many ways, you know, the Born Again era especially, mm. I think the other model would be Scorpions because they started with this, you know, black and white, Beatles haircuts, uh, wearing suits, playing, you know. Uh, so they really started yeah. as, you know, flower pot men or wh- whatever it is. Give me some money. Okay, give me some money. You, you know, know what, what I, I want. want. Do, 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 do. But well, maybe, maybe you, you don't. don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And sorry, it's funny. I have to try again. Here I yeah. am. Yeah, you got it. It's a pretty cool riff, I must say. It has. It something. is pretty good. I, mean, I like this when, when when riffs are taken down to the absolute basics. Three chords. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a book, but but it has uh, a good um, attitude. I would say it has a. Good <laughs> I think so. Rock, it, there is rock, attitude. Rock, in it, I would say you know there's some kind yeah, of rock, exactly. Rock is eighty percent attitude and twenty percent bad choices. Maybe. Yeah, and from the same uh, album, they have the incredible power ballad as well that I really like called uh, "Still Loving You," but I can't really mm. play it yet. But it's something like, oh shit. <laughs> Oh yeah. Reminds me of Dream On by Aerosmith, for example. I think it's a strong... Well, that one sounds more 70s than 84, I would say. It's a huge hit. I heard it everywhere when I was in uh, Kiev and in St. Petersburg. Because <laughs> they, they are huge in the Eastern Bloc and in Russia, for some <laughs> yeah, reason. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. And that brings us to another interesting topic with this band that I kind of at least quickly wanted to address uh, while yeah. my, while, during my half of this episode, and it's the Winds of Change song. Wind of Change, Winds of Change, I yeah. forgot. Wind of Change, I think, yeah. The kind of, the, 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 the theme for, for um, the fall of the Soviet Union and the reuni- reuniting with Europe, sort of. Was and, it written by the CIA? That's right, yeah. I haven't checked out that pod yet, but there is a pod named after the song with this yeah. whole conspiracy theory, and I wanted to check it out sometime and maybe... Yeah. Your listeners can can do that too and 
shine back to me if it's any good. I've heard it's pretty good. It's an interesting topic if that song was actually like in conjunction with the CIA. That would Definitely. be madness. I don't know. What do but, you make but of it? it? I, I feel that the podcast has a really good like title, and, I, I, and I'm also hoping that they stray as much as we do from our topic. <laughs> <laughs> because how, lo- how long can you talk about that? I mean, maybe you can. Uh, but I like this idea that it was such a perfect storm of a song that ca- coincided with the fall of uh, the Berlin Wall, right? Yeah. And the fall of the Eastern Bloc and uh, Soviet Russia, that it's just, um, it's too good to be true. So it had to be engineered, much like CIA supposedly engineered a Nicaraguan. Uh, yeah, but I mean, they pretty much did. Um, the fall of many nations, you know, to, uh, yeah. <laughs> to yeah, oppose exactly. Soviet Russia. Uh, and it's an interesting time, you know, and maybe there is something to it. I don't know. I just heard it. I think it's, it's very funny. But I'm just wondering who was it? Someone sitting, you know, like in a culvert in a bunker somewhere, <laughs> just by yeah. a small table with, with really expensive gear writing this song. Or maybe just writing it on paper, like notes and sending it, uh, faxing it uh, to Hannover. Yeah. So I don't know, 77, is it late or is it ahead? That's kind of my main question to you this episode. If we're talking uh, talking Iron Maiden, it's early. If we're talking uh, the Beatles, it's, it's, late. <laughs> it's way too late. But I mean, it's not really Beatles when they go for the... Uh... <laughs> no. That's far cry from the Beatles, I would say. But, you know. <laughs> I would love if that was Beatles. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they have Helter Skelter for sure. I've become a huge fan and I've skipped out on these guys on two occasions. (laughs) Once in Germany and they even had Michael Schenker as a guest. What the fuck was I thinking? No. But I didn't care. And then in uh, Sweden Rock Festival as well, uh, where I said that, yeah, in Sweden we say shit idiot. Uh, So chat, chat in it, you know, didn't give a shit basically. And I said that to Joppe, previously mentioned. And he was like, yeah, I literally did that. I was stuck on Baya Maya with diarrhea the whole gig. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Shout out. Shout out Joppe uh, and his belly, I guess. His, <laughs> his system, <laughs> constitution. But yeah, there's a lot to say about this band, but I wanted to make more of a brief uh, dive into it because I have some longer things awaiting. And yeah, that's not really for today. So that's, that's where mm-hmm. I wanted to land. And maybe... To tie it up a little bit, uh, I would also uh, look at the, the the main riff just quickly. With the, yes. um, very interesting scale there. It's this uh, B Phrygian kind of, but then also with the. For me, it's quite exciting. You know, it brings me back to when I started listening to death metal and stuff, and these kind of exotic scales. And I think it's a yeah, killer but, riff. But I, it's fun. But I mean, the, as soon as you said Spinal Tap in this, I, can't, I couldn't stop thinking about you know yeah, like how they emerge, how they evolved from the years from 1965 yeah. in their way too late Beatles haircuts yeah. and then like and the costume and then going into the 70s doing the sort of uh, german version of flower power music and uh, or yeah. you know uh, <laughs> psychedelia 
and then like into uh, some kind of 80s metal and then finally uh, new metal which yeah I, not really new metal, that, that. we can't blame them for that i think what they really should be known as is this arena rock band right that's what they become and uh, yeah maybe that's it, what they had to do you know we talked about before which kind of riff sounds good on a huge stage is it this riff <laughs> Or is it this riff? You know, it's just uh, it's <laughs> yeah. just better for a bigger I, stage, you know. It's not a hard choice, um, but okay, but uh, scorpions. Yeah, it's nice to go be back in Germany. I guess that's where we ended up again. Yeah, I <laughs> mean, I've, I've been on that craze lately, and honestly, this wasn't really part of me trying to push that angle. I just had to do Scorpions. I wanted to do it for a long time and maybe show you these different sides of the band. And what yeah, I, can, I kind of came I'm to happy. realize, you know, in a way, too late because I missed two two good shows because I was, you know, young and listening to Neurosis. Man, I listened to Neurosis. <laughs> All right. Okay, yeah. man. Uh, thanks a lot. Yeah, um, thank you. Thank you. It was fun. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm back in East Standard, baby. I'm cool. uh, tuned up, tuned back up because uh, this band I have to play in this tuning, and I also wanted to do this for a long time. And I think we have a connection to this band as well, uh, a classic adventure uh, uh, event. And I wonder if you can, if, if it would be impressed if you link it to the riff. Wow. Um, but we'll get we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, not sure about what what this is, but it's kind of engaging. <laughs> that little chromatic end, rat down down, sort of <laughs> makes me want to get drunk and act um, disordingly, disordingly, disorderly. <laughs> it sort of makes me want to yeah. get drunk and act disorderly. It's a, it's a rowdy riff for sure, and you have to imagine the B three organ kind of copying everything on top. Uh, this kind of, kind of Jimi Hendrix meets the Purple uh, kind of vibe. Uh, but it's a new band. They're from the 2000s. And um, you and me were going to see them mm-hmm. in Amsterdam. Okay. Uh, so, Howling Rain? Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's Howling Rain. I listened so much yeah, to man. them uh, on travels. You know, Remember that we addressed that video that I put up from Sri Lanka. It's a typical kind of mode where I would listen to them. I, for some reason, I always brought them for these long trips. But I was always listening to, um, I think, what the hell was it called? Russian Winds? Yeah, the uh, Russian Wilds. The yeah, Russian yeah, Wilds. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we can get to that. But uh, this song is called Dancers at the End of Time from their LP Magnificent Fiend that mm-hmm. came out in 2006, I think, 2008. 
and I was uh, blown away by it. Actually, it's a fantastic. Uh, I mean, it's a it's a retro band. Uh, obviously, you know, like this is kind of this soulful rock um, that it, that really, but it's really like perfected, uh, in my opinion. Ethan Miller, band leader, uh, has a lot of uh, people, folks going in and out of the band. And uh, but he has a he has a drive and an idea of where he's going. Um, I had already listened to his previous band, Comets on Fire, before uh, he started the new band, the new band Howling Rain, and it's also really nice, more darker, um, but still like seventies uh, um, psychedelic uh, romp. But uh, yeah, Howling Rain. We were gonna go see them in Amsterdam. Do you remember what happened? Yeah, I mean, we did see them, but uh, yeah, we, did we see missed them. a song or two because I, I always travel with a soft case uh, when I bring my guitar. And I know why. It was kind of confirmed why. <laughs> because that particular time I borrowed a hard case from a friend. I went to the trouble <laughs> of borrowing it. And then it's just a pain to wait for luggage to come out, you know, with this, that huge thing. And uh, yeah, time got a little bit tight there. But uh, we still got in there somehow, some way. I, I remember stopping off at Electric Ladyland. But it wasn't called Electric Ladyland. It was Laliland or something like that. <laughs> it's Laliland, Amsterdam yeah. Laliland. It's uh, yeah, it's a train stop, train yeah. uh, station. But I also yeah. remember making the show, and it was a great show. It was that kind of perfect small capacity venue. I don't know, yeah. 250, something like that tops. Yeah, exactly at the Paradiso. Yeah. Uh, of course, my my uh, I. <laughs> I was of course super stoked that you were coming over, but I also got increasingly stressed out because I, this was like my favorite band at the time. I wanted to see them, but I chose to wait for you, and I think that was fun because then we got there at the same time. The band yeah. had already started, uh, but it didn't play that long because they were kind of tricked. There was this thing going on back then that uh, uh, the venues sold like they had the double bill, you know, like uh, but they didn't didn't say like which band was playing first so you kind of bought the ticket to see your band and you didn't realize that they were like the pre-show the opener the opening act yeah so we went there and they played maybe you know for an hour and everyone was super angry you know like what, what the fuck play more like oh, yeah there's a band coming afterwards and this happened a couple of times i, I don't know is was it ever like this in sweden i think there's such a scam that's dutch weirdness man <laughs> it really is yeah. And yeah, uh, but I remember I enjoying it. You know, I've I've always, often been a fan of uh, the the short and sweet in a way. I mean, maybe that's True. not projected in how long our episodes are sometimes, but I do like <laughs> the short and sweet. And I remember being completely satisfied with what I got at that time. And I talked to the lead guitarist afterwards. The, the usual, hey man, great show, blah blah blah. And uh, you know, just a uh, a good time. Uh, one yeah. of the better shows I've seen in that genre, which is a big genre for me. Definitely. Uh, it's interesting. The There was a kind of a running, uh, how do you say, a saloon door swinging, uh, what do you say? Uh, <laughs> it was a lot of member member changes at that time, but the guitarist at the time was also playing in Earthless. All right. It's yeah. fantastic riff rock band. Maybe we'll return to them, but I got this riff from them. It's really fucking good.
<laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Got a bit carried away. It was a lot of riffs from you. I have to play some also. But uh, yeah, For Dances sure. at the End of Time. It's an amazing... Um, uh, there's an intro on that album also with kind of this uh, orchestra playing up. But there's a lot of uh, nice instrumental uh, passages. But then it really like charges into this uh, the B3 organ orgy. Uh, I think there are two two uh, organs at the same time, you know, playing this song uh, with a like overdriven fuss guitar played by Ethan Miller himself. And I, I would like to cut in just um, a passage from that uh, from that song so we can hear a bit uh, his singing. <laughs> yes. Go listen to Harlan Rain's fucking amazing. His his singing is, uh, I think it's, it's one of the better yeah, better I would, rock. I would sell my soul for that voice. It's the best voice. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. Yeah. It's just perfect rock voice, and without sounding sounding like the perfect rock voice. You know, it doesn't sound lab mm. made or artificial. It no. sounds really good. He's a really good singer. It's ten out of ten for singing. No yeah, question they, about it. So good. Yeah, Ethan is a really funny guy. He is uh, very. The DIY, he has his own um, recording label, Birdman Recordings, uh, releases everything by by himself. But when they were about to do uh, Russian Wilds, they got picked up by Rick Rubin. So he is the, he uh, mm-hmm. uh, produced. Yeah, I'm I'm holding my fingers up, you know. How <laughs> yeah, yeah that's how album. he produces. <laughs> uh, but it's a really it's a really amazing sounding album. It is, quite different but it's really thick and layered and uh, smooth experience Um, and around the same time they released an EP called The Good Life um, which also have a very like tangent like story but it has been on my the only three songs on my iPhone uh, since I got my first iPhone uh, was this EP Uh, somehow you know it has uh, transcended you know each update um, you know, when I just uh, uh, transfer all the data, these songs are still there. So when if I just press, you know, like the my uh, ear ear, what's called earbuds, uh, yeah. it starts that song, the first track, uh, and it goes a little something like this. <laughs>
Huge riff. Very nice riff. Huge. Um, maybe the, the feature riff for this episode, I would say. This yeah. was the strongest. Uh, there, was, there was my idea, but um, um, it's just like, you know, they, I've been... I had so, such little time preparing, but there's so much. Their music has so much uh, different. Uh, they're going all kinds of different places. The first record is more really re- laid back, uh, maybe a bit, you know, like your Rolling Stones kind of music. And the second one gets increasingly more uh, progressive, but it also has, uh, you know, this uh, weird beats from everywhere. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, bit, bit of everything. And then uh, I kind of lost track of them uh, lately, but I'm sure they pop back. Um, yeah. I have a I have a special connection with one thing, especially about this band. And it's kind of uh, uh, also it's kind of peacemaking in a sense. This this input from there, and it's uh, you know I I've, I've criticized Kurt Cobain many times, right? And uh, this kind of emotional, sad guy kind of thing. Uh, or self-pitying type character right mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. there's this lyric that i think <clears throat> it's kind of smack in the middle of that and i just love it i just think it's so good so i come to terms with this whole character i guess or this whole trope and it's from a song called uh, strange thunder mm, there's this lyric that goes um, what kind of fool would wait upon the seasons to bring the precious changes to his life when they tell you about existential pain the count the distance from your soul to the desire of your brain. I swear, I'm a reasonable man. It's a matter of heart to put a shotgun in my hand. In fact, it's quite poetic. A shotgun to my head. Now I'm gone. I left, a, I left you a Rorschach on the wall. And a song. And the sound of strange thunder roaring down the hall. Now I'm gone. It's a strange thunder roaring to my head over and over it's pretty cool right mm. yeah i remember uh yeah no i i agree i remember uh loving that track and i guess it's about kurt cobain right could be could be yeah Beautiful, but i think portrait. so but I, I also remember uh a review like saying it was the worst uh most pretentious bullshit they ever heard i mean to each his own right but, yeah, I, but I mean I that's must... kind of where i'm coming from right but i don't get it as such i get it as a you know the uh, kind of the antidote for that you know yeah. that's how i read it oh. yeah no uh, and it's a great song also it has this uh extreme long build-up um and they do they do that very well it's a band that really has this uh uh you know crescendo-esque features and, go, oh, and live that's amazing i remember he was um singing this kind of ballad song um and he was riding on the arms of like this, you know, like very small uh, but very loyal um, uh, audience, and it was great mm-hmm. uh, when we when we saw them. And I bought two T-shirts that I still wear; they have so many holes in them, cool. uh, but they're beautiful. Uh, the Howling Rain uh, T-shirts. Uh, I also made a fool out of myself, and I mean, this is kind of from the vinyl collector's perspective. I, I bought the, the Russian Wilds and. Um, on that album, there was supposed to be like an uh, exclusive um, uh, drawing by Eric Roper, this uh, super uh, uh, such hawk, such hounds type of illustrationist uh, that's featured on the Sleep 
uh, high on fire, you know, this guy. And I couldn't find it. I couldn't find the illustration. And I even emailed their manager, the manager of Howling Rain, like, oh, where's the illustration? Hey, man, he wrote back, it's carved into the LP <laughs> on uh, side D. Have a look. I was like, oh, it's so stupid. But I thought, still thought that was a pretty stupid decision to carve it into the LP. When am I going to When am I gonna look at that? I want to listen to the other side. It's going to be down. Was um, it a black EP? Anyway. A black LP? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really stupid. Yeah, I mean, then um, you can't see much of it. There's not too much contrast there. Yeah, anyway. No, continue. but yeah, was it, why, when am I going to look at that? Okay, that's a lot of... Uh, <laughs> the, th- the thing is, it's still like, uh, it's still curfew, right? So I'm uh, kind of running out of time here also. Yeah. Um, but I, I just wanted to, um, I don't know, talk a little bit about uh, this great band that we uh, we had uh, had a good time yeah. going to see. And uh, I mean, it's not a big thing, but it was a, it was a big but band hey, for me. Kind of to tie it together then. I, th- I thought this was this band on time because this is an excellent band. But where are they also too late? They're not big, right? They never broke. Uh, no, but it's it's. I don't know. I mean, it's more like uh, it, you could see it as because it's it, Ethan Miller is doing. Is this? He almost looks like Rick Rubin. Has his big beard. He's a smaller guy, like a thinner, you know, spindly, yeah. spindly carry, character with. Uh, you know, battling hair loss, but not on the cheek department. It looks uh, <laughs> looks pretty cool still. Um, but he is. I mean, you could see it. What do you think? Like when you're you're over fifty, you're doing uh, rock albums. You know, yeah. Is it too late? Is it a vanity project, or is he really good at it? And then why shouldn't he do it? You know, I, I why, would say why shouldn't he? Yeah, simply never too late in terms of age. Uh, only too late in no. terms of uh, where you're bringing rock music. Because that's mm. what we were on before, right? How 72 could be too late even for Captain Beyond. Yeah. So I'm thinking more yeah. of a breaking through perspective, not so much about the, the personal stuff. So, I mean, mm. he's in his 50s. He's probably a bit late. And he's so good too. So I think somehow that's the start. In my, in my mind, it's the start that he, he's so good. And then comes the songs. Rather than these bands being, you know, worthless punks, but they have the songs. You know, they're 16, 17, and they have the songs. Whereas he maybe you know he just became so good, so he could now he can make songs ad infinite. I don't know. That's my theory, I guess. Yeah, but um, it's an okay way to go. It's just not the best way if you want to be big. I think. Ah, but I mean, uh, you know, if you're big, you're gonna have to play. Uh... <laughs> Exactly. Every every night for the rest of your life. Or you have to play like da 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 da. Or you can play, you know. I don't know. 
good stuff actually yeah and would there be anything more to just just kind of that you have to say about this band anything important i think it's really important to go see them live when uh covid is over and we start uh going out to see uh, uh live shows because seriously i'm i'm super tired of this uh, yeah uh experiencing music like this like looking at old live clips and uh you know even like forgetting that we used to go to shows it's a sad thing i think and uh i think that i hope i don't know i I, right now i don't see how it's gonna work i mean uh you played live it it wasn't that long ago but like right now do you even feel that would be possible yeah i thought about that today some vaccines have been handed out i have friends in the in the in the business of uh, care, you know, medical medical business, and they they Metal are getting care. they are getting their vaccines now. But you don't know how well they're going to work. You don't know if they're still contagious, even though they took them, and so on. And then I think like uh, I had this daydream about seeing our maiden, and I thought like, are people even going to move the same way? You know, is the is the crowd even going to react the same way? Post this, is everyone going to be like a bit on their fence? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. That's for the future to find out. Yeah, and I mean that's where we are at right now in Gainers for Riffs, the 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 podcast about riffs and uh, the podcast recorded during this pandemic all the way through so far. And I mean, I think I, we could we could also like switch up the concept in in interesting ways after this. You know, this kind of a quarantine style that we're doing it in now could be changed slightly. I mean, not every episode, but sometimes. Yeah. I don't know. I also want to go places. I mean, for me, um, I've been dipping into like these bands that uh, my favorite bands, sort of uh, lately. Yeah, which is fun. But I think I think I want to go uh, places. Like I think it's really nice when you bring out Scorpions, which I don't hardly know anything about. I have like mm-hmm. a, a half-assed uh, remembrance of. <laughs> And them drinking beer before the playoffs, you know, like this. But it, yeah. it's 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 it works, it works. Um, but I I'm, I want to get into like weird territory, like not weird, but like weird for me, like yeah. really challenging stuff. I want to challenge myself again, and I think I, I was doing that for a while uh, lately. Latest uh, definitely with um, uh, Iron Maiden, but I, I simply haven't had the time, yeah. and uh, that's what I'm excited for. I think. I mean, that's how it is. And uh, I mean, from my shortlist, the shortlist is now quite short. And then I want to try to find some exotic stuff. Some, you know, really go for riff hunting rather than uh, fun trivia about German heavy metal bands, which I also like, obviously. (laughs) But, you know, there's always ways to approach this. Yeah, yeah. All right, man. Hey, it's it's, It's uh, time. (laughs) The time is ticking down again. Yeah. Uh, I also have to export this. It's very easy to edit when we don't record two and a half hours. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right man uh that's it i think uh for this episode of again it for riffs uh which will be back next week uh, which which outro should i cut in here towards uh the, the good one the good one all right i'll pick up some good outro and you'll hear it three two one now get it for riffs
And it's for riffs. <laughs>